Hey, Taste Buds, let me tell you about Lisa Mattresses. Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that's also socially conscious. For every 10 mattresses they sell, Lisa donates one to a shelter. They have a 110 program that way. They also offer, listen to this, the mattress, a patented universal adaptive feel that uh, is designed for all types of sleepers. And Lisa now has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, the Lisa blanket, the Lisa foundation, and the Lisa frame. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. These mattresses are available here in the United States, in the United Kingdom, Canada, and Germany online with free shipping It is a 100% American-made mattress that's shipped compressed in a box. It comes right to your front door. You could try one out yourself uh, at at a studio, Soho, New York City, the Lisa Dream Gallery, uh, and also in Virginia Beach. And then there are over 80 West Elm stores nationwide that you can jump up and down one. Actually, I would recommend against jumping up and down. Just lay down and try one out. Listen to this deal. Get $160 off when you go to lisa.com slash carbs. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash carbs for $160 off your purchase. Do that today. Hungry homies, if you love to score amazing deals at incredible hotels, you will love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with top hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool, top-rated hotels. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, you can also book in advance for a spontaneous weekend getaway, a staycation, a three-day weekend, road trip, business booking. It's the summer. Get booking. Go traveling. Get out on the road. Hotel Tonight will be your friend. It's easy. Book hotels in 10 seconds. It's three taps and a swipe. Get the Hotel Tonight app now to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight. The only booking app you need. Couple things to mention going on right now at The Ringer. Get yourself over to theringer.com for exit survey by The Ringer staff on the new Jurassic World movie. This is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. We have an exit survey by various uh, employees of The Ringer giving you their tweet-length review of the movie. Also, on the podcast network, breaking news, my hungry homies. The t-shirts have arrived. We have House of Carbs t-shirts. Check them out at theringer.com slash shop. You can go rep hard for all your hungry homies and, and for the show. Please, I encourage you to do so. All right, all right, all right. My taste buds, my hungry homies, my famished friends, my culinary comrades, we have done it. Welcome back to another edition of House of Carbs on the Ringer Podcast Network. This is the food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people. I'm your hungry host, Joe House. Great show today. Summer is upon us. The 4th of July is approaching our seasonal recipe spiritual guide, Adam Rappaport, 
The editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine is on to help us with six or seven different great ideas for your summer grilling, your summer enjoyment. We're not doing all meat. We have a lot of different ideas. We're going to cover it all with Adam. And, of course, there is food news with Juliet, some brand things happening, as well as an uplifting story at the end. Let's get in that belly first with our good pal, Adam Rappaport. All right, my taste buds, my hungry homies. You know this guest. He is our seasonal spiritual guide. He also, in his off time, is the editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine, Adam Rappaport. Welcome to House of Carbs. How are you, buddy? I'm all good. Thanks for having me, Joe. So look, uh, the bar is high, my friend. It was right around this time a year ago that you came on. And we, we talked about uh, the summer menu, some grilling techniques, some uh, a whole kind of array. We were approaching 4th of July, and you gave out some really um, wonderful dishes, so much so that the Hungry Homies were loading up the Instagram and our Twitter feed with beautiful pictures of uh, mozzarella with, with tomato, ripe tomato and basil. Um, it is the summer season. We're back. Uh, <laughs> we back. No uh, pressure, but you know, let, let, let's talk. So, oh, man. before we get going, you know, uh, we've been doing because you listen to every House of Carbs podcast. We've been talking to folks about grilling, um, but I want to take a step back. Let's kind of set the summer palette if yeah. we can. I by the end of summer, I want to hit like Labor Day, and I want to be. I want to have eaten. So many heirloom tomato sandwiches with a little Malden <laughs> sea salt and lots oh. of mayo. I want oh. to have had so much grilled corn on the cob, yeah. boiled corn on the cob. Or yeah. what I like to do is take the corn on the cob, just shuck it off, or you know, slice it off, slice the kernels off the cob, toss with some fresh lime juice, some cilantro, some chilies, maybe a little oil. Uh, have that for corn salad. I'm big into melon salads these days. Oh. Like, so you take some, like, say you take a cantaloupe honeydew, cube it or shave it, and you do that with a little olive oil, sea salt, maybe some fresh mint. Mm. Uh, so kind of take a fruit salad and make it a little bit savory, if you will. Maybe you can throw in some pepitas, little, you know, toasted uh, pumpkin seeds. Word. Um, yeah. So think of fruit salads as more of a savory dish than a sweet dish. Okay, and then the same is true. It sounds like of the corn. You're looking for you get you have your sweet corn, the natural sweet that comes from the corn. Yeah, and I think one thing about corn, which I think a lot of people mistakenly do, is cook it more than they need to. If you have good ripe summer corn, you don't need to cook it at all. Just like I said, take it off the cob and make a fresh corn salad with that. You know, not you don't have to cook it first. No. It's 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 it ripe sweet corn. You don't need you don't need to cook it. And, and when you do cook it, you really are only doing so to heat it up. So either if you're boiling it, you just want to get it nice and hot. Or when I grill it, I like to grill it out of the husk, so it gets uh-huh. a little caramelized on the outside. Okay. You can do the elote thing, the sort of Mexican thing, where you do smear it with a little mayonnaise or butter, some uh, cojita cheese, cotilla cheese, or you know parmesan if you have that, some lime juice, some hot sauce. Uh, I love that. So we basically have outlined right out of the box a handful of what I'll characterize as sides. You could have them in an appetizer if that's like yeah. the the way that you intend to 
deliver uh, your delicious summer meal to all of the folks that might be in your backyard. Oh, uh, also one more. I can't, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but uh, for a sort of a starter, what I love to do that uh, my colleague Andrew Knowlton turned me on to is you buy snap peas, you know, the ones with the little zippers on top. You yeah. peel those off. You char those over a super hot grill, and then you just douse them with, like, lime juice, maybe some fresh herbs if you want, sea salt, and have that as a little cocktail snack. And they get all charred and blistered and sweet. Mm. Super delicious. It might make – because snap peas to me, meh. I know, I'm, but I'm, I'm saying, but you, but you get them all blistered and charred. Hit them with. I, I love a lot of acid in the summertime, especially. Yeah. yeah. Lime, and if you eat, if you love Vietnamese food, a lot of Latino cuisine, like you want that those bright acidic flavors. Uh, so I love that with the with the snap peas. Okay. Well, I uh, we're going to have a tangent conversation about what uh, alcoholic beverage of choice goes best with those bright flavors. But before we get to that. Let's talk about what you're grilling. Mm. Can we talk about the meats? We have to talk about the meats. Okay, so I I made a pledge to myself that I am not going to grill the same old thing this summer. And typically, I'm like, if I'm splurging, I'll buy a nice dry-aged ribeye, which I love, and cook a perfect medium rare and crispy and charred on the outside, a little sea salt. Uh, You know, if it's more for a group, I like to do ribs. Um, What I love to do, and we talk about it in Bon Appetit for our sort of best ever ribs or whatever we call it, uh, buy a rack of ribs, dry rub. And dry rub is basically salt, sugar, pepper, some sort of like cayenne sort of zested up. And slow roast that in the oven wrapped up in foil at like 280 degrees for like three hours till it's fall part tender. Yeah. Let it just cool out for a while. And then... What we love to do is take all those drippings from the foil, yes. pour them into a pot with some store-bought uh, barbecue sauce, uh-huh. mix that all together, bring to a simmer, then bring the ribs out to a hot grill and sort of shellac those ribs and grill them and get them all crispy and glazed and crunchy. They're falling apart. You whack them up. You've got a giant platter of super delicious ribs that, uh, listen, I, I would love to smoke ribs for eight hours, but I'm not doing that. Well, two questions for yeah. you. Um, is there a preferred store-bought? I, I, I know we're going to unintentionally give a bump to somebody here, but is there a preferred star, uh, store-bought barbecue sauce among the BA Illuminati? You know, years ago, like, I want to say like in 2012, we did some. We were doing a taste test of basic accessible grocery store items uh, and craft barbecue sauce. One actually, oh, interesting. Yeah. I like get very that. basic. It's but, right down the middle. I, yeah. I'm I've uh, become a real uh, fan of Stubbs. Stubbs, Stubbs yeah. is great. You want uh, what I like, uh, what I'm looking for in this store bought sauce is something a little sweet and sticky because the rub is spicy. The it's rub, already on. It's yeah. already adhered to the exactly. To the, to the meat. It, it gives you that nice sandy, spicy quality. I want something I can shellac on top of the ribs to complement the spice that the rubs that the dry rub is bringing. So my ne- my next question and it's part A and part B. In the part A. Um, because the meat has already been seasoned with with the rub, you don't really need a ton of the sauce, is my impression. How, how, or, or do you use a heavy hand? This is it's that's... it's interesting. So, I, as you're shellacking it, and as it's cooking, the the, the sauce kind of gets baked in almost. You know? Yeah. Okay. And it sort of layers in there, and like you want one last glaze right before you take it off so it's still glistening and a little bit wet. I hate when you go to some random, like, not good barbecue places and they just slop the sauce on and it's 
like you don't nobody want, likes that. no and it's just that's lame so you got to sort of use your own intuition but you also have to be mindful barbecue sauce like we're talking about the store bought ones have a lot of sugar in them. right so you want like medium heat you don't want medium high heat because at that point it's going to burn and you get those flare ups so you got to be you got to be sort of deft like moving the, the the rack of ribs around the grill from the hot spots to the less hot spots uh, and I'll, oh, the last tip: if you're going to par bake it in the oven first for like three hours, what I love to do is cool it in the fridge, especially if you do it ahead of time. Oh, because the ribs are going to be fairly fall apart. You don't want them completely fall apart. And when you refrigerate them, they sort of congeal and seize up a little. And so when they're on the grill, they'll sort of they'll come to temperature. The fat starts to re. Yeah, but they're easier to handle. They, okay. they, they hold together a little bit better. Well, that you anticipated my, my part B question, which is how hot do you want the grill and how long do you want these already cooked uh, ribs on yeah. there for? So what you're trying to do, again, is you're, you're crisping up the exterior. I, again, I like more of a medium heat than a medium high because you're not – it's not like you're cooking a steak where you're trying to get that nice charred, crusty exterior right. and keep the inside medium rare. You're just trying to sort of coax the flavors out and, and develop a nice crisp crust, but not a char. And and how long does that take? Is that five minutes? Is it ten minutes? All right. You know what question I hate, Joe? Like people are always like, "How long does it take?" Like, what do they you look do? at a recipe like, "You cook is it? it. Is you it eight minutes?" It. I'm like, sometimes it's eight minutes, sometimes it's twelve minutes. That's fine. You know, you but that's as a, when you're grilling. You've got to use the force. You got to be you're like, you know what? It. Yeah, you're eyeballing it, man. You're like, I feel you're like, it. I need a little bit more, like, or that looks done, or like now it's starting to flame up. I'm gonna get that thing off there. Okay, you All know. Right. Well, so, there's no danger. You know, you're not cooking it for to cook it because it's already cooked. The exactly. meat's cooked. It's like a hot dog. Yes, thank you. You don't need a hot no. dog. You know, you just however you want your hot dog, you can have it. It's already cooked. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. So those that, those are delicious ribs. Delicious ribs. All right, but my whole point is I've done those ribs 7,000 times, and they're always good, so that's why you always make them because you know they're good, so you're like, all right, I'm just going to make what I always make, but at some point, you're like, I need to make something different. So a few weeks ago when I saw you up in uh, the Hamptons at your uh, your very hospitable friend Peter's house, um, we did a whole Korean barbecue feast. We did. Uh, and I've... I, 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 if you're like me, and I think a lot of people in cities like New York and L.A. where there's a, a sizable Korean population and good Korea towns, there's great Korean barbecue options to go out for, to eat at. Where you yes. go to the tables, where they've got the grills on Love the tables that. and the little vent above it. And they bring the banchan. Oh, the, yeah, the banchan, yeah. banchan, which is all the little pickled and fermented sides. Yes. And they bring all the Sauces sliced meat and-, and you grill the meat yourself. It's easy enough to do at home uh, these days. I also think a lot of the ingredients you need are a lot more accessible. So – uh, what let's talk? We'll, we'll go with the meat first. All right. So you got two options. If you're lucky enough to have a Korean or Asian market in your town, a lot of times you can buy the pre-sliced meats. And what you want is you're looking for brisket and you're looking for short ribs. And I got pork belly also. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you did. So the cool thing is, and if you look at the cover of the June issue of Bon Appetit, you've got to have cross-cut short ribs. So they're instead of like the long ribs with the big th- hunks of meat on top that you get in a restaurant, these are cut across the ribs. So they're about half an inch thick with like the four little rib bones in there. Uh, and what I did with those was, so I bought some of those, and I bought bulgogi, which is like the shaved meat, could be brisket or something, that's marinated in a sort of a sweet, salty, soy, sesame sort of uh marinade situation so i all right i'm getting ahead of myself let's go back to the short ribs so i did like all right i got the marinated bulgogi ready to go so with the short ribs i'm just going to do salt and pepper Uh uh-huh the mistake i made and i don't know if you recall this 
I kind of over. I felt I oversalted the yeah, short ribs. Smidge. It was not the. I I didn't have the salt I wanted to use. I was using this weird jar of sea salt and bigger flakes. And because that meat is so thin, it needs to be salted. It doesn't need to be aggressively salted like a two inch thick right. ribeye. Right. Uh, so you're grilling those. What you want to do now with like thin cut meat, you want that over really high heat because uh-huh. you want to get that nice crispy char without overcooking the hell out of it. And so I do one side really well and get that super crispy, flip it for just literally a few seconds to just touch some heat to that other side, and I, then they're done. I have video of this. I'll, yeah. po- I'll post the video. Post the video. I've been sitting on the video. And then meanwhile, for the bulgogi, which is marinated and shaved meat, um, and if you're doing this at home, what you can do is buy like a hunk of brisket. You throw it in the freezer for a little while to really firm it up, and then you can shave it nice and thinly mm. with a super sharp chef's knife. You toss that in a marinade. We have a basic bulgogi recipe on Bon Appetit called Basic Bulgogi, <laughs> um, com. And then what I did, which I like to do, uh, is bring a skillet out to the to the to the range. Oh, so I put like a cast iron skillet on the grill, and I was sautéing. Like kind of stir frying that meat. Yeah, you had a within. couple. You had your tongs. Exactly. And you were doing your work because you want all those juices, all that good flavorful marinade to stay stay, stay in. in the game. Yeah, you know? we're not, we don't want to let that seeping down into no. the grill. So what we had was we so, want to eat it, not the grill. Exactly. So we had our nice crisped up cross cut short ribs, salt and pepper, beautifully charred. We had the bulgogi going in pan, retaining all of its flavor, full of juices, and then because you go to market, you see like. Thick cut pork belly. You're like, okay. I mean, what, well, how am I going to do this? Why, like, well, or why not? Of course, I'm going to buy something. It's basically you're basically buying bacon before it's been cured or smoked. Yeah. Uh, so that I just salt and peppered up, and I want. I made the mistake before of buying thin cut pork uh. belly, and it renders so much fat by the time it's done. You've got barely anything left. So I think the chunks I bought were probably what, like three quarters of an inch thick, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had. Yeah, and 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 where. Where on the grill do you um, sight the pork belly? It doesn't go directly over that hot heat no, that the ribs are. Yeah, because that renders so much fat. That's yeah. when you get the super hot flame up. So if you if you have a gas grill, I think you want high flames on one side, medium, medium low on the other side. If you're making a charcoal fire, we always talk about banking of the grill. So you have like a slope of charcoal. So one side of the grill, the charcoal is really close to the grate. The other side, it sort of slopes away. And that allows you to sort of move your proteins from hot spots to less hot spots as the flare-ups flare ups occur. Oh, God, I can't talk. Flare-ups occur. Yeah. Uh, so we had – all right. So we, got, we had the crispy pork belly still sort of tender in the middle, uh, the beautifully charred short ribs, bulgogi, and then as you mentioned – uh, a, you can pretty much get kimchi everywhere now, and I love that. I can, Great, like super high-quality kimchi. Yeah, and whether it's Little Markets, Whole Foods, whatever. And like, kimchi is one of those – I was just talking to Emil Stonic, one of my editors. I'm like, how have I gone this long with not having kimchi in my fridge all the time? And I hate to be like white guy Columbusing here, but it's like I would always eat kim- kimchi when I went out to eat. But now it's like everywhere I go, I'm like, oh, there's a jar. I'll buy some. Sure. And like the other night, I was having my kids like leftover – Chicken cutlets for dinner with rice when I got home because he was already, I got home late and I'm like grab some kimchi and all of a sudden a very bland fried chicken cutlet and rice meal just be, took on another level. I was mixing the kimchi with the mayo and dipping the chicken cutlets in there. I mean I, that that's glorious. Did, did I ever have I ever told you that my wife has a garlic aversion? 
Oh my God! Not, not and and it really developed. wait. And, and your kid has an egg aversion. Well, listen to this. Or butter. No, egg, he, egg. he's a, that's not an aversion. He's allergic. Yes. Like you know. That, that oh, could, so she's just well, she could she, kill his ass. So when she goes to a restaurant, she says she's allergic to garlic. She's not allergic. She doesn't claim to be allergic. She's she has an aversion. She does not <laughs> like the smell. This is a thing, and here's the trade-off in my life, and and maybe, maybe you and I can wait. Wait, who does? The, everyone likes the smell of garlic. Some people are like, oh, I don't want it to give me bad breath, so they don't eat it. My wife. Here's what happened in our- Did you uh, know this before you got married? Well, it, this was not an issue until she got pregnant. Oh. It occurred, she had, she grew to have a strong distaste for the smell of onions and the smell of green peppers and the smell of garlic. And onions and garlic, as you well but, know, uh, Mr. Editor-in-Chief of Bon Appetit magazine, are the f- flavor foundation. Yeah, throw some peppers so many, like, you know, like a sofrito. I mean, there are many countries that she would like be kicked out of. I, well, here, here, here's the, the thing. Uh, the, the payoff was I have a beautiful boy, but, you know, the, the cost of it is really like garlic in my life. So the reason I wow. don't have a, a giant jar of kimchi in my house, kimchi for me is like a special thing that I get to enjoy when I go out because I can't yeah. have it in my house. I, I will say this. Kim- my wife will send me away. Kimchi. Get out of here, she says. Ki- kimchi brings the funk. Like you open that jar of kimchi, right. like your entire kitchen smells like kimchi, <laughs> well, which is so, which is, I love it. It's just like You it, and I. It's instant instant depth of flavor uh, to anything you do. And, and I also love it. Again, sometimes you can do make a puree the kimchi with some mayo, make like a kimchi mayo. Glorious. Uh, so good. Glorious. Um, so anyways. How about that on a, a delicious seared piece of, of uh, tuna and then oh, stick yeah. that inside Please. of a Martin's potato roll? Oh, Boomers. Good night. And Slice good, of bacon. Good night and good luck. Slice yes. of bacon. I might. So, all right. So you got you got your kimchi going. And if you if you can find a market, a Korean market, you get some like, we, we had uh, some like pickled and fermented daikon. You can get some. Yeah. Uh, I love the bean sprouts. Great. Um, you get a little mix. I, we made a cucumber salad. We smashed cucumber salad with a little soy, sesame oil, that sort of thing, rice wine vinegar. It's worth, yeah. Let's, let's, um, Go slow on that recipe. Yeah. Is that is that in the magazine? That's if you Google. I know with like if, like uh, basically, which is our um, sort of basic website for beginning cooks. We've got a, a smashed cucumber salad in there. If you Google that for Bon Appetit, smashed cucumber salad. Uh, that one I want to say I did some rice wine vinegar, which is enough. I love rice wine vinegar. Uh, I use it for all my salad dressings now. There's it's light. There's a slight sweetness to it. Um, and again, with something like that, you, you don't even really need much oil. It's just, you know, you got the rice wine vinegar. I want to say a dash of soy sauce, maybe a little sesame oil, perhaps. Well, this, this I just want to intervene. That that might be my summer salad. Yes. Uh, and uh, they're doing a version of it um, at Momofuku uh, CCDC here in town. I was lucky enough to be at Momofuku for dinner last what night. What does the CC stand for? Um, city Center. Oh. That's that's the name of, of the— I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, well, it's not in Chevy Chase. So, like, yeah, what is— yeah. <laughs> Well, they're you know they they put in all these nice shops and restaurants and some condos and stuff right in downtown. They're calling that the city center, um, but that that happens to be where Momofuku resides. They have a glorious, uh, um, cool cucumber salad that's on that um, smashed kind of yeah. Uh, and tip. for that, what you do is buy the little Persian cucumbers, take a rolling pin and just whack them a few times. And just then, a and few, then just and tear them apart with your hands. And you can like, make any sort of light, bright dressing you want, yeah. and it's just. Again, it's cooling. It's fresh. It's it the kind is. of thing you want to eat in the summertime. It plays really nicely off the charred grilled meats. So you got the the cucumber salad. You got your banchan, and then 
what I love about uh, speaking of uh, Momofuku and like they do with their Sam, Bosam, uh, you get the little lettuce cups. You buy a bunch of like butter lettuce or bib lettuce. You sort of separate all the leaves and then you take your little bits of meat, maybe a little kimchi. You take some night, you make a nice pot of white rice. You put that in there and then. Well, let's pause on the white rice. It yes. ain't any old pot of white rice. You, 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 you were pretty particular about the rice that you wanted. Well, so I, you want good short grain white rice, like sushi rice, uh, that type of rice. And what and, we, what, and why? Well, because you want that rice like sort of clumps together nicely okay. and is mi- okay. moist. I love basmati rice, for instance, but that's like a different different animal over there. Uh, so this is your basic white short grain rice, and we have a good technique where you boil the rice for you know simmer it that sort of thing for like eighteen minutes about. Take it off the heat, and then you put a dish towel over the pot and put the lid back on and let it sit for another ten minutes. And what that prevents it from happening is like the condensation from the top of the pot dripping back in, so that 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 sheet, that little uh, dish towel, sort of absorbs unnecessary moisture. Wow! So you have a moist pot of rice, but not like a sort of overly wet pot of rice. Uh, and that's another thing you can look for on the bonapetit.com. Uh, so yeah, so you got your like these little lettuce tacos, with yeah. Lettuce, rice. You got your little meats. You got your kimchi, maybe a little daikon, and then because we're not done yet, no, you have to make the ginger scallion sauce. Yes, which is. You know, I think we've talked about this before. I think it's the the greatest sauce ever created. And you've got a shit ton of ginger, a little bit of garlic, and you've got some basic uh, neutral oil, cooking oil of some sort. Uh, what else we got? We got a little, maybe a little soy sauce in there. Um, you spoon the, oh, and a bunch of scallions, ton bunch, of, sca- yeah, ton of scallions. Yeah, there's got to be when you take the spoon and yeah. dip into it. There better be a, a you know. Yeah. Half dozen, and it's kind of sweet, kind of spicy. You can there's a couple of different recipes if you Google them. Some will say ask for you to heat up the oil first and pour it over some of oh. the stuff to sort of like awaken the flavors of the ginger and whatnot. You can do that. I think okay. that's great. Yeah. The one that you and I made didn't do that. Still tasted great. It's great. Uh, but yeah, there's a super there, hit. Too. Yeah, there's a version on on our site. There's a version. Francis Lamb has a version. You can Google over at Splendid Table. Uh, but it's it's one of those. If you go to like New York Noodle Town in D.C., it is it's the in, in New York. I'm saying uh, it's it's the essential sauce you put on everything. You get it with the bosom and momofuku. It's just you you understand why so many people serve that sauce now because it's just oh so so good. Yeah, we we could have each had our own. It was in a uh, uh, ramekin that was. Uh, we, we we each could have had our own. You need that's the type of it's like Thanksgiving where you yeah. need a gravy on either end of the table. You can't just have one gravy. That's right. Boat. It's like that's you right. gotta have you gotta have enough to go around. You don't want to always be like, oh, I'm sorry. Can you pass the ginger scallion? Can you pass like here? It, have your own ginger scallion. It was getting passed. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. So I'm big into that. And then can I keep going? Can I talk some more meats? Please do. Yes. Don't stop. So what I like in the, in our latest issue of Bon Appetit, uh, our, our grilling issue, talking about tangentially grilling up cuts of meat that you typically braise, uh, which is kind of in that Korean barbecue sense, if you you think of short ribs or if you think of brisket, uh, you can do the same with pork shoulder. Uh, And we have two recipes in here, both of which I love. One is pork shoulder steaks, where you slice sort of boneless pork shoulder into steak size bits. What's Uh, that mean? Like what steak size? Like an uh, inch thick? We're calling for... Three quarters of an inch thick boneless okay. pork shoulders, um, and like Boston butt, that sort of thing. And then we rub them up with uh, ground up fennel seeds, mustard seeds, peppercorns, uh, red pepper flakes, and cinnamon. And you rub it all over there, and then you grill it like a steak. And it's three. It's typically if you're making pork shoulder Boston butt, you're 
slow roasting it, slow cooking for six hours, seven hours, till it's essentially what we call pulled pork, uh, and you pull it apart. And God bless that. I I love that. Right. Uh, but this is a way you can slice it relatively thinly. It's super flavorful. Gets a nice char on the outside, uh, and is really juicy and flavorful on the inside. So it's just a, a sort of a different way of thinking. It. Not everything needs to be filet mignon. Not everything needs to be buttery soft. Uh, and another thing is with pork, which. It's just like that American thing, like, oh, you need to cook it all the way through uh, to like 160 degrees. Like, yep. no, you don't. It was beaten into, no, you beaten don't. into our mom's heads. When was the last time you got trichinosis? Never. When was the last time anyone wait, wait. you know got trichinosis? I'm on wood. I don't think. I mean, has there been a documented case? Yeah. So buy good pork and cook it to that sort of like, not medium rare, but I would say medium slash medium rare. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And look it up at the exact temperature, probably 135. I'm not entirely sure. It could be 140. Anyways, you want a little bit of pink in the middle. So then it'll be still really juicy and meaty. There's a gorgeous picture right there I'm showing you. You're showing me the picture. It looks beautiful. uh, With some charred greens underneath. I'm so Um, hungry right now. And so then the other recipe, also riffing on that. So uh, Aaron Franklin, Franklin Barbecue. The famous. So he has a new place opening up in Austin uh, called Loro. Uh, He and Tyson Cole of the Japanese-inspired Uchi restaurant in, 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 in Austin open up sort of an Asian style uh, barbecue joint. Okay. Um, and we asked him to develop a recipe for us that he was working on for the restaurant is if you have a green egg and there's a ton of big green egg enthusiasts out there. There are. Uh, where they take a Boston butt, a pork shoulder, uh, they cut into it and sort of unwrap it. Like if you ever butterfly a piece of meat, you sort of just kind of pair it into three pieces so it sort of flaps open. Mm-hmm. And with that, they do sort of uh, – the recipe is called hoisin marinated pork with molasses glaze. Mm. It's basically similar to like a char siu pork if you ever get that in a Chinese restaurant. Yes. Uh, and you sort of marinate it up, and then you cook it at like 350 in a green egg uh, over indirect heat for about 45 minutes. You can also do this in the oven to essentially sort of cook it through. And then – you take it out. You can do it a day ahead if you want to, and you get the temperature to about 140, 145, and then you make this beautiful – take half the marinade. You add molasses. You make this amazing glaze, and then you put it back on the grill over high heat, and you glaze, and you shellac, and you glaze, and it gets this beautiful, crazy, shiny, glistening crust on the outside, a kind of burnished amber colored, uh, and it's sort of that medium on the inside, and you slice it up. And oh my God! And that that uh, the recipe for the molasses is is in the magazine, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is in the magazine. Now does uh, that again. run? And <laughs> you can find it online. Hoisin marinated pork with molasses glaze, uh, and it's it's every now and then there are certain dishes we develop at Bon Appetit, and they're, they're, they test them in the test kitchen. We have like a little grill there, and you wander down in the test kitchen, and you're like, ooh, yeah, like you're like. That's a keeper. This You're is, like, that's a hit single right there. There we go. I mean, there, we we have our hit. We asked for you to come in here today on House of Carbs and give us a couple, you know, s- summer winners. I think I think you've done it. I mean, I hope so. I, I would just say this. Yeah, don't always you don't always have to grill up, you know, filet mignon and, and, and ribeyes. Think a little outside the box. Think yeah. of think of pork uh, pork shoulders. Think Korean barbecue. We've, uh, we've got some glorious flavor profiles yeah. going. Adam Rappaport, is always a pleasure to have you. We're going to put up on our Instagram, and maybe we'll uh, convince Rappo to throw some up too, um, some of the video and pictures we had of our own delicious Korean feast a couple weeks ago. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks, brother. All 
All right, my hungry homies. My thanks, as always, to Brother Rappaport. We're going to get to some food news here in a second. But first, quick word from our pals at Zip Recruiter. Hiring used to be hard, my famished friends. There were multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done, and that is ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and they invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. Right now, Hungry Homies, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-A-R-B-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Culinary Comrades Today Show also brought to you by our good friends at the Black Tux. Wedding season is upon us. It's warm outside and people are getting married. When you're bringing a date, you want to look fresh. That's where the blacktux.com comes in. You're renting awesome suits and tuxedos in all styles, your style, online. With the Black Tux, you can take your style to the next level. If you're down with a funky, cool option like the Emerald Shawl Tuxedo, try that sucker on. Blow it out for your big one-time event. They have free home try-on so you can feel the quality and see the fit months before your event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before the event. If anything's less than perfect, the Black Tux is sending you a replacement right away. Wear it, turn head, send it back three days later. It's that easy. Shipping is free both ways. To get $20 off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com slash carbs. That's blacktux.com slash C-A-R-B-S for $20 off your first purchase. The Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. All right, my culinary comrades, my... Hungry homies, my taste buds. It is now time for food news. Yo, Juliet. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? What is up? How are you, man? It's almost July 4th. Big eating holiday. We're getting all geared up on my end. Today's show, Adam Rappaport on to give us some of his summer recipes. Next week's show... That's going to run, I think, on the 4th, Brooks Headley from Superior, some, some Superiority Burger. Cool. Yeah, in the Lower East Side, Lower East Village, New York City, vegetarian and vegan. How about some veg on the grill? What about that idea? I love veg on the grill. I love it. Right. Why not? I, I see no reason against it. I'm in yeah. favor. <laughs> We've got all the bases covered. We've got the entire <laughs> summer palette on lock, Juliet. On lock. Wow, what a big promise. That's there great. We go. That's great yeah. stuff. We got to give it up to the taste buds. Um, 
I got some brand news for you. Like not brands new, but like news news related to brands. And then um, a hoax kind of story and a feel good story. Where do you want me to start? Uh, let's do like right down the middle. Let's start with the brand news. Okay. Brand news. Cool. Number one. This comes from the Daily News of the, of New York, a great city that we both like. I think you like it. We've never really I love discussed. New York. Are you kidding? Okay, yeah. just, just confirming. Cool. Yeah, the best. Um, this is about the television show Stranger Things and also about Eggo Waffles. Here we go. Kellogg's created Stranger Things-based DIY projects and recipes, which as a result... And not only as a result of the project, the recipes, the, the waffles were also on the show quite a bit. Do you watch the show? I do. I'm a, I'm a devotee. Oh, okay. So Eleven, she eats waffles. It's like part of her shtick, part of her, yeah. her I'm from a lab shtick. And as a result, Eggo's logged an average growth rate of a whopping 14% from the year before during the fourth quarter of 2017. 14% Y of Y growth is a lot. And then 9.4% during the first four months of 2018. Kellogg's attributed this bump to Stranger Things. But for the four weeks ending May 19th, Kellogg frozen waffles, pancakes, and French toast sales grew by just 1.3%. Presumably, I'm no economist, I'm no business person, but presumably all that all that growth will sustain them. But that's a big drop off. That stinks. You think you're doing so well. And no, it's just Netflix. Well, I, I would say uh, you. I would put a, a, a more positive spin on it. You You kind of alluded to it. Hooray for the double-digit bump in growth. Yeah. I mean, we had an unexpected, and really, they didn't spend one penny in terms of, of uh, marketing or any of that stuff in advance of Stranger Things. They didn't know that written into the plot line of Stranger Things was this devotion of, of a crucial character to their product, and they got an unexpected bump, and it was a, a, a large bump, a sizable bump, so just roll with it. We say, hooray for Eleven, hooray for Stranger Things, please come back soon, and by the way, if you want us to help you guys think up some ideas for season four, we're on board with that. Sure. By right? the way, how sweet are Steve and Dustin? They're my favorite duo on Netflix. <laughs> I can't wait. The interesting thing is um, these kids are literally growing up in 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 in, a, in front of our eyes, and you know the the each season the the little the incremental maturation um, takes some getting used to, and they're not going to be kids for the next season. You know what I mean? They're going to still be they'll be kids to me because I'm I'm old, but you know they're they're going to be ripe. Like Steve is going from teenage into his his 20s he may already yeah. be in his 20s in real life right yeah i think he might be he yeah. I, I think he is steve yeah. with the great hair right the best hair <laughs> yeah exactly okay that's it on that front just just wanted to share that the, the ego waffle news i happen to love ego waffles i've never i never didn't eat them they've always been a part of my life yeah, I, I'm interested in what their marketing strategy was in advance of the the show giving them this unexpected bump. But we can do that on a, on another uh, podcast. Okay, see you there. Yeah. Next, this is one more piece of brand news, and I tried to do some other research. Just want to say, and I, it didn't prove fruitful. But here we go. Planters cheese balls, you know the kind that comes in the great uh, container. 
They're coming back. They were discontinued in 2006, and Planters is reviving them on July 1st. You can purchase them from Walmart or Amazon.com. I tried to find out why they were discontinued to begin with, and I could not. And Nostalgia has revived them. Uh, four ounce canister will be $1.99 from those two giant outfit or e retailers, I suppose. Walmart's in okay. person. And yeah. uh, if you like cheese flavored snacks, which I do, these will be I just like the originals. Um, well, I'm somewhat chagrined to confess that I didn't know that they had stopped, that there was a discontinuation. Uh huh. I do love them. I've always loved them. Uh, I clearly haven't had them in over 10 years because they weren't available over the past 10 years. They were always available at my grandfather's house as a youth. Uh, part of the treat of going to my grandfather's house was cheese balls in that beautiful, sturdy, surprisingly sturdy blue canister. Uh, I welcome them back. They will make an appearance on my snack shelf. Uh, I embrace this with open arms. That sounds fantastic. I, I That's great. I can't wait to see them on your shelves. I'm excited about it too. I think the reason you didn't notice is there's so many like other derivative snacks. Well, and I'm also, you know, my cheese fix uh, in order of priority. Um, it's Cheetos. Then it's Hot Cheetos. Then it's Doritos. And uh, then it's uh, Cheez-Its, as, as um, surprising as that may be. That's my I ranking of, of cheese-flavored uh, I also quite enjoy the Lay's Wavy Cheddar Chips. Have you? I like those as well. Uh, those are good. Have you had a, the white cheddar Cheez-Its? Oh, of, of, of course I've had those the white Those are really good. They're far superior to regular Cheez-Its, in my they're opinion. Sh they, they're sharper. They're so I, good. Make your hands like, dirtier. They do make your hands dirtier. I like the straight down the middle Cheez-Its because that's more of a, a, a mild thing. That's a, that's a volume consumption. That's a baseball game. I'm sitting watching baseball. Uh -huh. It's the middle of the summer, and I'm going for a volume thing. I'm going to eat this whole box. Um, I can eat a whole box of those uh, right down the middle cheese. It's the sharp white cheddar. I don't know. I just, my hands are going to get too messy. I'm going to have to get up at some point to clean them. You know I have a little bit of a hand OCD thing. Did you know that about no, me? No, I didn't. With food, finger food. Huh. After after I eat it, I need to go wash my hands like shrimp. I have to get up from the table, go wash my hands. What, what do you do with wings? Get up and go wash my hands. But do you I'll, can you enjoy them? Like, are you are you able to like be involved in the moment, or like do you need to wash your hands asap? No, 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 no. My my uh, my compulsion is after the consuming is done. I see. Fortunately, yeah. God God has looked down and gifted me that he, he you know I have I have to have the the hands clean. I want I want the the smell of my hands um, after the food is done to be soapy. I don't want to smell the food anymore on my hands. That's mm. also part of the thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I can enjoy, I love eating with my hands. I'll, I'll eat anything with my hands. I like to eat with my hands too, but except I, I for agree. iced tea. An iced tea you can't have with your hands. You, that would, that would fall through your fingers. That, well, would that be... was that raising canes. Those poor, those poor kids. <laughs> on the topic of beverages this past weekend in Vancouver, there was a festival and at the festival, you could purchase a $38 bottle of hot dog water. Did you hear about this? I did not. Not until we, <laughs> this story appeared on our news, our food news list. So it was a bottle of hot dog. It was a bottle of water that had like a hot dog in the middle. Like, you know how some um, water bottles will have like a, 
an ice pack in the middle. It replaced that ice pack with a hot dog, with a, with a wiener. <laughs> and <laughs> on it, it said, we've created a recipe having a lot of people put a lot of effort into research and a lot of people with backgrounds in science really creating the best version of hot dog water that we could. That's a quote from the self-styled hot dog water CEO, Douglas Bevins. And then on the label, <laughs> it said that it was keto compatible, lose weight, increase brain function, look younger, increase vitality. And then it was $38. And then it turned out that this was not real. And if you read the fine print and said hot dog water and its absurdity hopes to encourage critical thinking related to product marketing and the significant role it can play in our purchasing choices. So, okay, fine. Uh, That's a good point. Like maybe also like bring a water bottle and refill it or something. I just feel like this is a touch too far. Did someone really have to spend money on making fake $38 bottles of water? You said it. I mean, this was so, I I looked at this and I I was like, this is fake as fuck. There's no chance that this is a thing, right? Like uh, they pushed it too far. You said it exactly right. There, there might be a product out there that you could stick in water, a non-traditional, non—you know—something that you wouldn't think would enhance the flavor of water, that might, you know, carry with it kind of the air of truthiness. Mother effing hot dog! Nobody is going to uh, uh, be persuaded. No. You know, it, it, it is an item. It is merely a, a curiosity. I, I, I would be shocked if they sold one bottle. There. It would be somebody who bought a bottle for the purposes of taking it and showing their friends, look at this absurd thing. This is obviously ridiculous. Look how funny this is. 40 bucks is too much for a joke. So I don't know uh, who that person might be that would spend the $38 um, to participate in a joke. But um, I'm with you. It it's was, it too was far. just too far. And like, it's not a good enough joke. I don't know. I just think that this is like, this is kind of reminds me of something that would like happen on like a not well thought out TV show that was like trying to skewer contemporary culture. It just doesn't doesn't work for me. I don't like it. I'm I'm right there with you. And I wanted to I was trying to come up with a show right off the top of my head, but I don't have a good one for you. Okay. That's that fits that. No problem. No problem at all. Um okay. Let's end on an uplifting, kind of uplifting, nice note. And this is a story out of the Rochester area of New York about firefighters and pizza. So here's what happened. Here's what happened. Um, A Domino's pizza truck was involved in a, um, some kind of accident. I don't think anyone was Mm. that badly injured, but the police, the police were called and um, I believe it was Domino's by the way. I actually did not confirm that, but anyhow, the pizza couldn't. Pizza was did not make it to the destination because of this car accident, but it was nearby. So the firefighters they completed the delivery. They brought the pizza to the people so they wouldn't be hungry and the pizza wouldn't go to waste. And I think everyone ended up being just fine. This is from the Henrietta Fire District in upstate New York, and I think it's just a lovely, deli- delightful story. So I wanted to share it with you. That is um, incredible. Shout out to the Henrietta Fire District. That is the kind of personal touch, that kind of of um, sense of community, that public service impulse. We could all use a nice dose of that, right? I mean, I'm not going anywhere political. It just feels like a rare instance of public servants thinking about the public good. And by gosh, delivering pizza is a public good. Let there be no doubt. I'm I'm most impressed that the pizzas survived the accident. Me too. I have to tell you, I think it was like must have been like a fender bender because otherwise, 
It could have. But it could have well, been it worse. had to have been more serious than a fender bender, though, because the pizza truck could have gone on if it if it had That's just true. been a, a, if it all that happened was a dented fender. You're right. You're right. This Facebook post with the pictures from the Henrietta Fire Department didn't have more information, so I, I can't I can't tell you. But well, the car was incapacitated, but the fire department was not. It's true. I love it. I think it's a great story. Me too. God bless them. God bless them indeed. House, I hope you have a great pre-4th of July weekend. What's the 4th of July weekend in your head? Is it the 30th and the 1st or is it the 7th and the 8th? It's really like everyone got screwed on this one. Well, because of the middle of the week thing, um, I, I I I don't have a good answer for you. It's neither. The answer is neither. The two surrounding weekends are chock full of stuff that's not really that related to the 4th, although there will be some cooking out and there will be you know, outdoor activity uh, one of the weekends. Uh, and there's going to be a, a whole lot of serious indoor activity the next weekend. Uh, we, um, and, See you and there. The hungry homies are going to hear all about it. That's exactly right. But I, 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 I'm going to do my fourth activity, you know, the evening of the third, the fourth itself. And, okay. you know, that's it. Okay. Right? That's yeah. all we can do. Absolutely. Agree? Yeah, I I think that it's going to be a dead week and like kind of a little quiet both weekends. But yeah, it seems like people are celebrating the third and the fourth, basically. It feels like, right, and people are just going to kind of take the week off. Yeah, That's my, my I sense. I think so. I I'm think into so. that. I support I, I that. I am as well. That's a good trade-off. Yeah, man. Well, I'll let you know how mine goes. I plan to keep it chill because then we're going to Las Vegas the day after. Make sure you take some pictures of the menu. Okay, I got I'll do you. the same. I'm going to get some, some veg. I'm going to get some Brooks Headley. Superiority burger ve- uh, vegetarian recipes going on my grill. I'm going to be honest. I'm jealous. That sounds great. It's pretty good. I could send you a couple pics. <laughs> I mean, you know, so this book is this cookbook is available. <laughs> sounds great. Good times. Thanks, Juliet. Thank you. There we go, my taste buds. Hopefully, another outstanding house of carbs giving you plenty of fodder for your summer grilling expeditions. As mentioned earlier, check out the ringer.com slash shop. There are t-shirts out there. House of Carbs t-shirts. We would be humbled and honored and honestly a little hungry. If all of you would jump out there and rep the show, they're very cool. They have the bib. It's the turquoise. It's our logo. Jump in and hook up. A House of Carbs t-shirt today. Take a picture of yourself enjoying something delicious. Throw it on the Instagram. At the House of Carbs is the is the link. Get on it today. Next week's show, Hungry Homies. Brooks Headley from the Superiority Burger. He has a brand new cookbook out about the Superiority Burger called Superiority Burger. Until then, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there.